Hello and welcome to another episode of Bikini Things. You've got your girl Laura here in the home studio. I am flying solo today. I've got an episode that I think will be really valuable, hopefully for a lot of you competitors out there. And it's six instances when it might be time to take a step back from competing. Stay tuned. All right, what is up, you guys? I'm here in the home studio today doing a little quick one on my lunch break. Today is Tuesday, February 8th. We are going into Super Bowl weekend, so a lot of fun, a lot of a lot of good food usually had at Super Bowl parties and whatnot. So this is an episode that has been on my mind recently. Many of us will run into things in life that make competing difficult, if not near impossible. I see it with my clients. I've experienced it myself um, with friends. And so this is just something I wanted to put together and record when I had a had a quick little second to kind of talk through a few of these signs that it might be time to take a step back or just put a pause on competing. So the very first one is when you genuinely cannot afford it. We all know, or many of us know, if we're, if we're newer, maybe we don't, competing is, at the end of the day, a very expensive hobby. Only for the very, 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 very elite athletes in the world is it something that is going to be something where um, we can make a lucrative salary just from competing. You know, not considering coaching, sponsorships, anything like that. Very, very few people can make a sustainable living as an elite bodybuilder. For the rest of us, especially as MPC athletes, it's really just an expensive hobby. It's a fun thing to do. You know, an average an average NPC show cost, and I will put some notes in the episode episode guidelines and notes. An average cost of just one NPC show as a bikini athlete is about two grand. So this was calculated out. Um, I've calculated it out on an episode of the podcast in season one. I went over the costs. And in season two with Kaylee and Michelle, we also talked through the costs and the in the ranges, you know, either from sort of cost saving mechanisms to more premium options. You know, for example, doing our hair and makeup ourselves is a way we can save money as a bikini athlete. But if we pay the show's hair and makeup vendor, we might be dropping as much as $300 per show to get that done. So you can see how quickly the costs add up. That doesn't include anything like show registration, tan, travel, coaching, supplements, the suit, the heels, the jewelry, all that good stuff. So how do you know when you genuinely cannot afford it? So my my personal advice would be if you do not already have one, you should have some type of budget or structure based on the income that you're consistently having month to month. So a, a very basic rule of thumb, and this is not this is not Laura's, you know, guidance because everyone's different, but just very generic financial advice would tell you you want to save or try to save about 20% of your income each month. And and my personal philosophy is if I cannot save money and compete at the same time, that's probably an indication that I need to cut back somewhere or I need to make accommodations. I'm personally, I'm not the type of person where I want to live. I never want to live paycheck to paycheck. So um, I would say this summer, there was a time briefly where I was spending a lot traveling and competing. But I was still if I was being smart, and I wasn't being indulgent with shopping and things like that, I was still able to save money. So this is one that's a little bit subjective. But if you truly cannot 
make all the expenses work for a show or for a season of shows and still pay your bills and and pay for all the things that you need day to day, take a break from competing, save up your money, you know, and you can, here's the thing, you can continue in an off season on your own, even without a coach. There's a lot of free resources out there. There's a lot of good resources out there. And if you're training hard and you're eating well, there's a lot of sites where you could calculate some simple macros for yourself, try to create a diet plan. And just with a little bit of research, a little bit of internet research, a little bit of time and effort, you can create some structure and a plan for yourself with a little bit of learning. So that's the trade-off, right? Is is rather than spending our money, we've got to spend our time and our, our energy figuring out some of these things that maybe a coach would provide us. So maybe competing and maybe prepping itself is something you cannot afford, but that does not mean that we cannot make progress in an off-season on our own and, and solo. And, and even if I were to look at my own life during the year 2020 when all the shows were changing, things were getting canceled, things were getting pushed to December, I had a much longer extended off-season than I had originally planned. Part of the off-season was with my coach, Kim Odo, who I love dearly, and part of it was solo because there were gym closures. I didn't really have consistent access to a full set of equipment. And so for a time period, it just didn't feel like a good value to be working with Kim when I was stressing just to figure out, okay, how am I going to get workouts and how am I actually going to train my glutes enough to see growth? How am I going to train my shoulders with these two bands that I have in this one set of five pound dumbbells and, and things like that? And that was a very long off season for me. That ended up being almost a 14 month off season And I feel like I made some tremendous progress during that time. And for a good chunk of it, I was really just coaching myself. So do not underestimate the amount of free information there is out there on the internet. There is so much information on Instagram, YouTube, many of the elite bodybuilding bikini pros have YouTube pages where they're going through what they're doing. And and that's not to say we should emulate or, or try to duplicate what they're doing, but it can be some good guidance. Sign number two of when it might be time to take a step back from competing. And this would be when you've got significant hormonal imbalances or any more severe medical issues going on. So this one, this one should seem like an obvious one, but there are many competitors that as females, right, for example, very, very common that we will lose our menstrual cycle during a competition prep. Many of us do. Some of us do not. We're all a little different, especially based on our genetics natural body composition and tendencies. So if you have not gotten your period back and you're about to start another prep, let's say you took an off season, you did a prep, lost the menstrual cycle, took an off season, period still has not returned. That is a very clear sign that your hormones are off and and out of whack. This is a really, really good time after a competition prep or after our competition season. That is a great time, whether we are a natural or an enhanced athlete, to go get some blood work done. Because as women, our bodies are very, it's very crucial that our hormones are in balance for us to get results from our training and from our dieting and our eating. Our estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, all of those things are thrown off by extreme calorie deficits. And if we don't take the time and the corrective action to fix those things, we cannot expect our body to perform at its best. So in general, 
if the menstrual cycle has not returned, it is not a good idea to be starting a competition prep. And outside of that, anything more extreme, right? Um, my, my own personal example, I guess, is the very beginning of my pro debut prep. I pretty severely got a, a ankle high ankle sprain. And in retrospect, maybe delaying the prep would have actually been the smarter move. Um, it was severe enough. I, I couldn't walk on it. My cardio was very limited for months. My leg day training was limited for months. My posing was essentially just limited to me and sneakers, which is nothing like what <laughs> posing is actually like. And, and that might have been a sign that might have been an opportunity where I could have taken a step back and said, you know what, now's the time to just focus on healing and recovery. And I'll get back to the stage when it's time. I'm a little bit stubborn. I'm a little bit hard headed. And so I went for it anyways. And, and, you know, there's a part of me too, that maybe wouldn't change it. I ripped the bandaid off. I did it. I got myself out there. I had a lot of fun. I learned so much. So I also don't regret it. But any any severe medical issues that we're having, maybe we have a very close family member, spouse, who's having health issues too, that may impact us. Those, those might also be times too, where we might want to consider putting an actual competition prep on pause or delaying it. Sign number three, that it might be time to take a step back from competing. This one is a little, a little more arbitrary, a little less clear cut than the first two. And this is when you've only been going through the motions. So you're doing your training, maybe you're tracking what you eat sometimes, but you're really just not fully present. So we're showing up, but we're not truly present, if that makes sense. So we're at the gym, we're doing our workouts, but we're really just going through the motions. We're going to the gym because that's what we do. We just go to the gym. We're eating our food, but we're not on point with it. You know, we're giving ourselves maybe too much leeway and really the diet itself may be completely, completely untracked. We, we likely have a complete lack of awareness of what our overall intake and nutrient intake looks like. This would be a time where you might want to get in touch with what your intentions and motivations are for competing, what your goals are, and maybe it is time to take a little break. Maybe it would be time to consider taking a full week off the gym if you're someone that never or has never taken a full week off the gym. I can, I, I've definitely been guilty of that one there. Um, I know when I had my, my breast augmentation was maybe the last time I, I took like a full week off the gym. Actually, that's not true. I had a, I was pretty sick over Christmas. But other than that, um, I'm a little guilty of that one. So having some self-awareness, being in touch with, with your mental state, your emotional state, how truly present are you? How much are you actually pushing for progress? And are, and are you truly present and ready for a competition prep? Again, off season is a different thing. But even then, sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves and on our goals that we feel like we've always got to be making progress, always got to be moving forward. And it can burn us out. So if you find yourself in a spot where you're not you're not mentally present, you're not engaged, take a step back or consider it. Sign number four, your why or reason for competing is for attention or to keep your body in check. And by that, I mean, <laughs> essentially just have an excuse to be on a diet 24-7. So this is, a, this is maybe, I guess, what I would also consider a prerequisite for being ready to compete, being aware of why we compete, what our goals are, what's truly motivating us, what is our inner reasoning, what is our inner heart desire for competing. And sadly, I think there's a lot of people, particularly online or just in the general community that think competing is a way to get a lot of social media attention, 
which it can be, um, but also just just in general. It's a way to, it's a very, it's a very attention grabbing or somewhat self-centered sport or hobby, if you want to call it that. There is so much discipline and so much detail required when we're competing and when we're actively prepping. It is somewhat self-centered and it is somewhat attention grabbing. When you see a female in the gym who's very, very muscular, very lean, shredded even, it's unusual because it's not that common in everyday life that we see females that just look like that. It takes so much deliberate and consistent and intense effort to look like that. It's not often we see women looking like that. So it is a very it is a very attention grabbing thing. However, if that is our why for competing, it is going to be very difficult to have a positive relationship with not only competing itself, but also your body and the ups and downs that come along with competing. Because there are t- there are days where it's our day and there's days and shows where it's just it's just not our time or it just wasn't our best, or maybe we're new and it didn't go how we wanted. And so if if the motivation is purely attention-seeking, we're setting ourselves up for some negative, negative attitudes towards ourself, towards our body. Needing and seeking external validation is a recipe for misery. You know, creating our own internal validation, telling ourselves that we are good enough, we are wonderful, we are loved, we are great as is, those are the ways where we promote and we generate our own happiness. If we are seeking attention from others, again, that's a recipe for disaster. We're seeking our happiness from an external, from something outside of us. How crazy is that? So really getting getting in touch with your motivations, it's, it's important. And, and somewhat tied to that, you know, if the motivation is also just to keep yourself from, I hate to use this phrase, but keep yourself from getting fat, if competing is just something you're leaning on to be chronically dieting and try to feel decent about your body, it may tear you apart from the inside out because there are going to be so many times where you still don't feel good in your body and competing will force you to get outside of your comfort zone in many different ways. It will force you to get outside of your comfort zone in a prep. It will force you to get outside of your comfort zone in an off season if you want to make progress. And that can mean uncomfortable, very uncomfortable in the gym and with our training and pushing ourselves, it can also mean uncomfortable seeing our body change and soften up a little bit and those lines go away. I remember someone that I encountered around 2017 when I first started competing that did 17 shows in a year as an amateur athlete, an amateur NPC athlete. And keep in mind this, this young woman, she was not chasing a pro card. She was not at that level. She was doing show after show after show to an outside observer to keep her body looking stage lean or as close to it as possible year round. And in the end, she ended up getting burnt out, which is really not shocking, right? I mean, 17 shows in a year, that just sounds, that sounds brutal. Even, even many of the IFBB pros and Olympians that are in the top of the world are not competing 17 times in one year. So getting in, again, (laughs) getting in touch with those motivations our internal reasonings, our why, you know, so to speak, our why, what are your intentions? And why are you doing this? Really think about that. If it's just for attention, if you think that competing is going to build you a business, or help you become a social media influencer, or I don't know, just get 
you know, more likes that are going to give us that that dopamine hit each day. It's a zero sum game. Yes, it can help you do those things. You know, if your goal if your goal is to become a bodybuilding coach, and you're really studying it and on that track, yes, social media is a part of it. But if you're truly just doing this to get some external validation, that's where that's where I would encourage you take a step back, reflect, provide provide your own internal validation, provide your own self-acceptance of your body and don't rely on competing or, or really any diet for that matter to try to so tightly control your body 24-7. It's not a happy way to live. If we're constantly hating, we're constantly scrutinizing, constantly picking apart our body, how happy can we actually be? And here, here's the thing. Okay, that's way easier said than done. I'm human. I'll have, I have plenty of times where I look in the mirror and all I'm looking at are flaws or things that, you know, I want to improve or, you know, things I don't like about myself. But if those if those times are fleeting and that's not how we're feeling a majority of the time, that's a different scenario. So reflect on it, think about it. But again, if your reason for competing is to seek attention or to, so to speak, keep your body on point, reconsider, strongly reconsider. And the next sign, the fifth sign that you're needing to take a step back from competing, somewhat related, your self-image and your self-esteem is actually getting worse. So if we are competing prepping off season, and we are just progressively feeling worse and worse and worse about ourselves. That is a very clear indicator that it is time to take a break, take a step back, put down the social media. Actually, that's that's a that's a great tip. Actually, I should share that. So this comes from Brendan Burchard. So I can't even take credit. And he uh, he's a motivational speaker and, and one of the premier motivational coaches in the world. And one of his YouTube videos, he cited a psychological study that said, if you look at Instagram, for example, the first hour of waking up, you are going to be in a comparison mindset for the rest of the day. So a very, a very simple way that can help us with our body image and our self-esteem and just how we're feeling about ourselves is, is definitely reducing our social media intake, but especially trying not to look at it the very beginning part of our day each day. It will affect your mindset. It will improve it. And I would encourage you to give that a try during the, during the pandemic or during 2020. I definitely had to do that during the during the months where I was feeling very down. As I would give myself a rule, okay, no Instagram for minimum one hour to two hours from when I first wake up in the morning. And it did make a big difference. It really did. So again, if your self esteem or your self image is getting worse, and you can truly link that to competing, it's time to take a break, girl. Like take a chill pill, relax. And try to find some ways that you can create some self-acceptance and some self-love. And then lastly, this is a big one. You're having a hard time maintaining friendships, relationships, or cannot keep up with life responsibilities like work, your bills, etc. So if competing is disrupting your life to the extent that you're having difficulty maintaining friendships, maintaining romantic relationships, maintaining relationships with your family, it might be time to take a step back. If you cannot manage work, if you can, if you cannot manage the thing that's going to pay your bills, because again, for 99 plus percent of us competing is not paying our bills, even even IFBB pros, you know, only those top few pros, it shows win money. And there's not, (laughs) there's not that much money given out per show. If you if you pay close attention, you know, those top placements might only be winning $1,000 or something like that. And I don't, 
I don't know who could sustain themselves off that little income if you're if you're winning shows only, you know, a handful of times a year. So anyways, if competing is disrupting your life to the point that you cannot keep up with your bills, you cannot keep up with work, you cannot be present at work, honey, it is time to just chill. Take a step back. There are more important things. Like as much as we love it, as much as we want to do it, you may need to reflect and maybe maybe improve something like your time management or your communication or just how you're handling your emotions in prep. For some of us, prep can make us super cranky, kind of mean sometimes when we're hungry, right? I think we've all been there. And unfortunately, at times that can that can come out in our relationships and our exchanges and interactions with our friends and our loved ones, our romantic partners. And it's not their responsibility to just take 100% of that and just accept it. As someone choosing to compete, again, no one is forcing us. This is a voluntary, fun thing that we are doing, right? It's on us to have the emotional intelligence and emotional maturity to be able to handle our emotions and make sure that we're still being kind, we're still being respectful, and we're still being present in our important relationships. And don't get me wrong, this can be tough. I've talked about this I think a lot, especially earlier episodes of the podcast, I have spent so many years as a competitor, single, or just not even dating because I could not find balance between my full-time job competing and then adding a romantic relationship into the equation. Or this is an excuse. This is totally an excuse. But the area I live in, it's near the beach. There's a lot of partiers here. It's just really not my lifestyle. I always found it very, very hard to create a new romantic relationship as someone who was so focused on bodybuilding and as someone who does pride themselves on doing a good job at work and providing for herself as a, you know, single independent woman. Whoop, whoop. So, (laughs) so it can be tough. It can be really, really tough, but you know, it's no one's, it's no one's responsibility, but yours to make sure that your life is handled. And your, if your life is going off the rails because of a competition prep, okay, it's time to pull back. It's really time to pull back. So you got to pay your bills. You got to maintain basic relationships with your loved ones. And competing is by no means an excuse to be rude, to be inconsiderate, to be an a-hole to others. So if this is happening to you, if you're experiencing this, take a step back. What do you need to work on? Do you need better time management? Do you need better emotional intelligence? These are all things that can be improved, but everyone's situation is different. But this is a big, this is a big indicator that okay, it's time to pull back on. So, um, you know, this episode, a little shorter to the point, a little bit maybe less positive than a typical episode, but I do feel like this is valuable. And this is something that needs to be talked about. There are many of us that will push through. And you could throw me into that with my sprained ankle last year that will push through prepping even when other (laughs) other things are screaming for us to just take a break. So think on it, reflect on it. You know, this is a time of year where many of us are in an off season where people are just getting started on their competition prep or starting to plan out their prep season for the year. So it is relevant. And here's the thing too is, is again, time away from the stage or time where we're not actively dieting. We can work on these things. We can work on our other areas of life. We can save more money. We can invest more in our interpersonal relationships. We can learn to become more 
emotionally mature, more emotionally intelligent. We can learn to better manage our time. We can learn to train harder and push ourselves harder in our training. So just because we're not actively prepping for a show does not mean that we are not moving forward. Make no mistake about that. All right, I think that's it, guys. (laughs) I don't know if I have any... um, announcements or anything to talk about specifically today, but there are some big, big, big announcements coming. There is a, I guess, okay. All right. So I'll I'll put it out there in the, in the universe. Um, My coaching team is launching. I'm also considered an endorsed posing coach and trainer through Body by O and my coach, Kim Odo, who again, have so much love and respect for and value his guidance and direction as a coach and mentor so, so much. But in addition to that, I have my own coaching team. So team B more is the competition side and more athletics is the lifestyle side. So feel free, DM me on Instagram, click the link in my Instagram bio. If you're interested in coaching, hit me up. And yeah, so there will be some big things with that coming. That's an announcement. There's going to be some awesome guests that I've got lined up in the near future. So those will also be posted on the Instagram. So Before I wrap it up, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Bikini Things on your favorite podcast platform, and give us a follow at bikini underscore things, and we'll catch you in the next episode. (laughs) 